Tier Firefighter podcast, where we listen into a group of rural firefighters as they give their opinions on the challenges they face both on and off the fireground. We release a new episode every week, so please hit that subscribe button, leave us a rating, and share this with your fire family and friends. Now on to this week's episode, where as always, we ask the question, are you DTFF? Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. My name is Carl and tonight I am joined by four members of my firefighting family. I have Scott. Hey. I have Todd. Hello. I have Ash. Hello. And Rob's joined us. Howdy. Rob, how are you doing? <laughs> doing pretty good. Well, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about lasting in Australia. Yeah, <laughs> <via> Australia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm back from Australia. <laughs> <laughs> we found him, Marshall, don't worry. <laughs> Marshall was worried before we... Uh, before I we did hear him. he was very concerned. <laughs> I hope he enjoyed the uh, the Molsons, was it? The Molsons? Yeah. Yeah, I think he enjoyed them. Yeah. Labatt's blue. <laughs> Uh, we're going to start off with a little bit of news, and obviously what is going on in the news right now is insanity. Um, Scott, as, uh... There's a bunch of rioting going on. There is a bunch Um, of rioting going on. Anyone else? It's horrible. Yeah, it's, I mean, where do you, where do you start, right? It's, all of it is, is bad. You know, keeping it with just how emergency responders are responding, how the fire departments are getting treated, like they're responding for public safety, trying to put out the fires, and now they're being assaulted. Mm-hmm. Like that's it's pretty poor. Like it's uh, it's very very political. Uh, I get it, but to put that much violence towards all agencies trying to keep your city safe, it's uh, yeah. it's pretty disheartening. Yeah, I was listening to uh, Seattle. Um, on the scanner app the other night and they were just going to an alarm call and there was, they needed like police backup because they were, mm-hmm. they were right downtown. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know what the, if it was actually a fire or if it was part of the riots or, but they, you know, like everything's delayed because they're, you know, their safety's in primary. Yeah, it's crazy. There's apparatus <clears throat> getting like bricked. Oh yeah. There's, yeah, there's people, you know, that are getting things thrown at them. Um, there's that one firefighter memorial plaque that yeah. got, uh, that got defaced. I mean, that's, yeah. uh, it's pretty shitty. Yeah. There was that video that we shared earlier as well, just showing one of the, the trucks going through and just all well, their hose was being pulled off the back. There was a whole right. bunch of people on the front just trying mm-hmm. to smash the window and trying to smash the sirens on the top. Just chaos, man. Like you just chaos. Yeah. Absolute chaos. Yeah, it's. <clears throat> It's hard. I just imagine being a commanding, you know, officer or chief or something like that. Like, where do you draw the line of telling you guys not to respond anymore? Right? Because mm-hmm. you know we all are there for in the name of public safety and to, and to help. Um, but when our lives are now at risk for that, and uh, we're not even involved with any of the physical altercations, much like law enforcement, um, we've always. I don't know. It seems like general public always seems to flock to us. Um, more so than law enforcement, and now to see this huge turn, it's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, all we can do is say, you know, good luck with it all. It's, it's chaos. Do your be best. Safe. Yeah, be safe and uh, stay strong out there because that shit is crazy. Okay, uh, on with the show. So we have, uh, we're just going to talk a little bit about 
what we got up to in training. Now, <clears throat> as you know, we always kind of go on about how we kind of build our skills up in our training sessions. And then at the end of a month or every two months, we do a big scenario and we try and incorporate all of that. Well, obviously, with everything that's been going on, training has been a little bit lackluster just because of the fact that we all had to stop doing what we were doing because of COVID and everything else. So social distancing kind of put a bit of damper on it for a while. And then obviously, we, we opened back up and kind of got back into it too. So and that means that now, obviously, <clears throat> we've been doing it for a few weeks before we got into the training scenario. So we were a little bit rusty. I know I was a little bit rusty, for sure, um, on some things. But uh, all in all, it went really well. So we're going to talk a little bit about how we set that up, um, some of the, uh, the good learning points from that, as well as um, some reasoning behind some of the, the, the team um, organizations and things and, and the, the lower manpowers and why that was a factor as well. So, uh, yeah, one of you uh, boys want to start? In fact, I think Scott and Rob, you were on one, and then me and Ash, we were on the other. Mm. So maybe maybe if you boys want to start, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, I think the, the overall idea of the scenarios were... Um, because basically what it came down to, we had two structure players and we wanted to divide them. So, so we had two going at the same time. So we had two burn buildings going and we wanted to have them divided so the crews were small. So we wanted to have like maybe eight to ten people per per um, fire. Um, because we wanted to basically have it like a daytime call when not a lot of guys are around or maybe there is two fires going on at once so we had to, we had to split the command. That sort of stuff. So we wanted to have these things, and we wanted to be able to make sure they uh, uh, could prioritize and execute. Um, like they had to prioritize what to do, and you know what uh, what parts of the fire to deal with first, what parts of rescue, all that sort of stuff. So that was the uh, kind of the idea going in. And we did a little different for the setup. We didn't um, usually we get them to we get the crew to kind of drive around, and then we fake page them into the scenario. Um, on this night, we actually said we actually told the the two ICs, the, the chief and the deputy chief. Each took a um, command of one of the um, scenarios, and we told them what's going to happen. We also told them there's three things we want each of them to do. One was VIS. Mm -hmm. One was hydraulic ventilation. Yeah. And forceful oh, forceful entry, entry of yeah, some nature. Entry. Yeah. So those are the three things they had to complete in the scenario, and, it, and there was going to be some other um, <clears throat> stuff thrown at them. I think you're saying there may be there there may be victims. Oh yeah, I know, we, yeah. Didn't, we didn't elaborate. Like there, there, there had to be a search for uh, potential victims, and then yeah. what Scott mentioned. Yeah, so uh, Rob and I took the lower of the two burn buildings. So that building, it's not near a hydrant. So right away we told them they have to bring a tender with them, or what do they call it, a tanker? <laughs> yeah, in <laughs> the, the states. The tender. Um, so they had to bring the tender down with them, and um, what we had done is we pushed a. We have kind of a one, our. Burn, our smaller burn building, or our lower burn building, it's not really smaller anymore, it's probably bigger. Mm -hmm. But the lower burn building, it actually has a detached garage, which is just another 20-foot C-can, but we call it a detached garage. And we had actually loaded it with some some couches and stuff, because we knew no one was going in it, so we wanted to make it kind of a darker fire. And since no one was going inside, we can do that. And then we had a car, we actually pushed a car right up against the, the structure. So uh, the scenario was we lit the car on fire and had the stuff coming out the the garage so it was a pretty big fire when they showed up and it's also far enough away from the burn building but we also said you know now it's extending into the structure so that's where actually todd came down helped us so he was the 
He was one of the patients inside of the VIS room. Yeah. I don't know, Rob, you want to... Yeah, no, I think it was good. Uh, we did the forcible entry where we, instead of having our rebreakable door, it was at the upper burn building. We threw some plywood pallets up against our door that we normally set our rebreakable door at and had to get them to think outside the box by figuring out a different way to break in and which they did they grabbed a chainsaw cut through that opening and made entry in there nice yeah that's a good way to change it up yeah so it was good because that ship was a very easy thing we built it was just yeah we just kind of sandwiched two pallets together and uh screwed into the uh frame of the door and it was actually it was really easy, and then uh, the guys sawed. It was good because we don't see the guys using the saw that often, mm-hmm. and and they were definitely like, well. And, and it was good practice, too, for myself, knowing what tools are on our trucks because I was positive <laughs> that there was a chainsaw on our uh, first engine, first engine, which there is not, and it's on the second engine, which was at the upper building. <laughs> which is actually funny because the whole, reason, the whole reason why we switched the engines was because, oh, uh, engine one has the chainsaw, so we don't want to totally screw these guys up. So then they're like, we're like, yeah, you need to get the chainsaw. I hinted when I was, because uh, Rob and I are like, the, we're like kind of the referees. And they said, you're probably going to need a chainsaw for that door. So someone's like, there's no chainsaw on this truck. I'm like, oh, God. oh, you're going to have to find it then. So then they had to quickly run up to the other scene, <laughs> grab the chainsaw, <laughs> run back, and start it up. A good yeah. reason to go over the trucks and know where everything is yeah. again. Yeah. yeah. Too bad you don't know somebody who's a still rep or something. Yeah. Maybe chainsaw? Sell chainsaws? <laughs> I wonder where we could possibly get a chainsaw. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so and one of the other things, kind of the twist we added was with the VIS, uh, we had Todd in there, and uh, when they did finally, well, not when they finally, when they did get to him, they um, they jumped in, started pulling him out. Todd's mostly dead weight, yeah. <laughs> and he kind of helped him a little bit, but when they came out of the window... I brought up the blood uh, pumper, but just the straight water one. And I started spraying uh, Todd's leg and spraying the firefighters. It was funny because one of the officers thought I was doing some kind of weird COVID um, <laughs> decon, decon thing. He was like, I said, no, I said, this is red. It's blood. It's coming out of his leg. You, um, When you drug him out of the window, um, there was some glass left over and it cut his leg. Oh, and they're like, oh, <laughs> can the paramedics deal with that? <laughs> I'm like, no. <laughs> so then one of the other guys jumped on right away to give you pretty yeah. hard direct pressure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He was on it. It was yeah. really good. Um, he was treating it like it was real. Like, it hurt. I had to, I had to <laughs> shift my leg to take some pressure off it. Really. Well, he, actually, he actually wedged the uh, the pump sprayer right into the Todd's leg and was pinning it down. I'm like, oh, that's a shit on there really tight. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, so then one of the other guys ran, got the first aid kit, ran back. And then we ran back. I handed them the train tourniquet so we wouldn't use any of the ones we actually have. And then um, they applied it, put it on pretty tight. Well, yeah. actually, we we actually had it was kind of a teaching thing, like, Make sure you tighten this wrap down because it wasn't super tight, but he he cranked it a few times and a few extra turns and got yeah it yeah he started putting it on um, and it could have gone a little tighter. Uh, he did mention that you know a few times to me that yeah I'm not going to do it real tight. Uh, I think part of it yeah, 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 I thought it was mm-hmm. but uh, absolutely yeah, make sure you snug it up because he was turning the windlass. Uh, if that was a real situation, you want to not turn it as much. He was turning the windlass a fair amount yeah. to get that ribbon taut. And talks to him saying you can go more, go more. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then other than that, there was another patient inside one of the structures. One of the training dummies. Yeah. Um, so the guys, uh, they're actually really good because they went, uh, the guys, rather than going to find the dummy right away, they actually went to the fire, knocked it down a bit, and then started doing their search from there. So um, they went to the fire first and then searched backwards. Because a lot of times we're trained to search 
um, at the door, forwards in, get to the fire. But in the meantime, the person could be like dying really close to the fire, right? Because maybe, like I brought up in the, in the debrief, I said, what if the guy, the fire started in the bedroom, they went and got a fire extinguisher, they ran to the bedroom door, they sprayed it, but then they got overwhelmed with smoke. Now we're taking, you know, 15 minutes to crawl through this burn building trying to find, uh, doing the super detailed search, trying to get to the uh, fire. Or should we just go in hard, um, you know, kind of search while we go, like you're not doing full search. Search as you go a little bit, but then get to the fire, knock it down enough, and then search backwards from there. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's, <coughs> I don't know if it's a newer tactic or it's a newer, kind of our, our idea. I don't know what you guys think. Uh, but it's pretty newer, pretty you know. much the same thing, yeah. Like if you, if you can only have real limited entry points and you know maybe there could be possible victims further away from your entry point it's nicknamed a hasty search right you yeah, get in yeah. there you're moving fast doing those sweeps uh, as you go along yeah. but your purpose is to get to that point as yeah. fast as you can yeah so they push right to the fire and knock it out and the way this was our, our burn buildings designed it was actually uh they were given a choice they go they cut right which to the fire room or then cut left to the kind of the bigger area to search so uh, adam cut right knocked the fire down enough Gave a quick search inside the fire room to find a didn't find a dummy and came back out and they searched in the hallway. I think one one of your purposes with that scenario down there too was to see how focused they would be on getting a search going or attacking the fire, which they did kind of get two lines going, one for the fire, one for the search, but did focus a little more on the fire. Yeah, which we brought up. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, there was because anytime you you know anytime you have a big fire, you're going to get focused on it. So. That's one reason why, yeah, like Rob said, we purposely built that fire big and black and really got their attention. So they they started hitting that fire, and uh, then they then one line quickly, one line fairly quickly. I don't think they, they even put water from the other line, and they quickly diverted into the uh, started doing. The, no, they didn't do anything with the, the water line uh, yeah. for the search side. So, yeah. but they did find out right away that they were burning up manpower very quickly. So, mm-hmm. I think they were almost out of manpower within the first few, few seconds. <laughs> which which we talked about. I we have a, a water wall. Yeah. which we talked about that a little bit afterwards and showed them how the water wall works, could be used for a detached garage for mm. exposure, exposure yeah. and that eliminates another man on a hose. So that yeah. could be used if mm. you think of it. Yeah. Not all the time do we think of that. Yeah, it's a really awesome tool. Uh, water <laughs> supply is pretty important there. Obviously, it's going to yeah. bring up some water, but uh, mm. if, if you're good on water, yeah, I mean, you throw it out there. It doesn't take anybody to man it. You can go and... Work on the fire. Yeah, because we played that scenario out like it was out in a rural area where mm-hmm. there was no hydrants. Yeah. So yeah. we had to use uh, tender for water supplies. So water wall wouldn't work so well in that situation. But yeah, in a town city block, you got hydrant water. Absolutely. Fly at it. Yeah. So let's touch on, obviously, we mentioned there <clears throat> running out of manpower. So let's talk a little bit about why the teams were set up, how they were, and the reasoning behind the the lower manpower kind of call for the from the training team. Well, I think uh, how the teams were set up was actually pretty awesome. So <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we were oh, you joking, see that you yeah. were here for that. Yeah, we funny. were joking around prior about doing like a high school scrimmage game and have we'll, we'll have the two uh, you the captains, captains, you the right? so. if, if you will. So we were, we were going to have the two leads. Uh, Bob and Speedy, as our chief and deputy, they were going to be picking teams, if if you will. So can can you imagine showing up to practice and all right, chief and deputy, start picking your all star teams, right? And they'll <laughs> pick one, pick one. You start oh, by by the end of the night, you'll be oh man, I really wish I was picked earlier. It was actually funny because Kevin said, yeah, we should have did it that way. I'm like, what if you were picked last? He's like, 
Yeah, we shouldn't do it that way. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds great in theory. Yeah. Um, All kinds of counseling. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Cheap as <laughs> so what we did was the old hockey sticks in the middle idea. Uh, we took our turnout coats, put them in uh, main main tank down, and then just went in. And you got this. You you got this. So as they grab it, yeah. So it's completely random, which is a great way to simulate what you're going to get coming through the door. Yeah. Um, I mean. We'll say on a lot of these scenario nights, all right, guys, go get your gear on, hop on a truck, right. and it'll be like, all right, all right, I want this, this, come on, guys, let's go. And you got you and your five buddies. Yeah. Great, you got your, your truck, but what are the odds of that truck being together? Sure, it's fun, right. but it's not a realistic assortment of man, you know, manpower. Um, so we played that, that game, we got that all give it out. And another thing to mention is we've got, it was our, uh, first night of folding our new recruits. So we had four of them there that night. They got folded in, like released into the wild. They had been on our forestry uh, training night where we were out doing all of that, but it wasn't like it was just a training night. This wasn't a scenario. So we had them out there with us. At the end, um, we basically just divvied up two and two per each team. Um, but again, the smaller group sizes is a really good representation of what you might get at 2.30 in the afternoon, 1 o'clock on a Wednesday. Like, your Saturday call is going to be quite heavily manned. If, if you got a structure fire at 7 in the evening on that same Wednesday, you're going to get 30 guys coming in there for sure. If it's 2 in the afternoon on a Wednesday and it's, you know, a direct alarm call, you're going to get a truck and maybe one or two but what if you show up and that direct alarm call is venting through the roof yeah. right so this is uh this is very very possible of what you would be seeing on any random call so it was a really nice representation of, of what uh yeah what every other day's kind of call could uh, look like yeah i think the the big thing with that and you're right it's the, you you never know who you're getting on the truck mm -hmm. at any time yeah. it's whoever beats you to the hall you know yeah. so you have no idea who's getting on with you after that, there at that point, again, your numbers are probably lower, at least initially, because obviously as second alarms and things go out and mm -hmm. we get into that situation, more people will start to leave work where they're maybe a little bit further out of town to come in mm -hmm. and be able to kind of assist with those things anyway. And then obviously mutual aid, but again, yeah. 20 yeah. minutes away, a lot of that cases as well. So yeah, sure. having that lower manpower, and we noticed it on our side too. We really did. Difference yeah. as well. yeah. So Todd, how did you find being the patient there? Uh, you know, it was good. Um, I missed uh, all the action in the beginning of you guys setting everything up. But um, it was fun because I, I positioned myself so I could still look out the window and see if anybody was coming in or looking in. And, uh, you know, you could see the officer go by and looked, at, looked in the window but didn't really look down at me. And then by a second time, our officer and then another firefighter came in and goes, oh, there's somebody in here. So he relayed it back. Uh, once he entered in, he came up to me right away. He asked to see if I was talking. Uh, I said, hey, man, how are you doing? How are you doing? Can you get up? Can you move? Can you get up on your own? No, nope, I can't move. <laughs> okay. Grabbed me. He was on it right away. Muscled me up over to the window. Uh, propped me so my uh, upper body was kind of hanging out the window. And that's when uh, his partner came along after. And they both were able to yeah. kind of drag me out. I pretty much kind of went dead weight at that point. I just, I helped lift one of my legs over and then they just muscled me out. And then as soon as they got me out, I just went limp and they, they drug me out to uh, to a fairly good distance away from the building. And that's when Scott jumped in with the uh, spray bottle 
Nice. Yeah. Did you do your best acting like you did when we were doing I stuff was, with the I was trying, yeah. I was yelling and screaming and who are you guys? <laughs> Fireman, fireman, I like firemen. <laughs> and it was great because they had no idea who I was. I, like I dusted off my old forestry coveralls yeah. and, and uh, with the RZ mask on and, and hat. Like they really really didn't clue in mm-hmm. until afterwards. <laughs> I one of the guys thought you was like who is that guy in the coveralls? Where'd he go? <laughs> <laughs> that patient left. Where'd he go? I'm like, ah, oh, he's up there. He's, it's Todd. And they're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, there was no patient. <laughs> yeah, no, it was really good. Like I said, um, the guy who was on, on my leg there with direct pressure, uh, following the stop the bleed stuff, he was on it right away. Yeah, it was really good. Beautiful. Yeah, good communication too, because that's the one thing that usually fails in a training environment is you forget to communicate to the patient. But they're really good. Um, like he went in to assess my level of consciousness right away. Um, and then when I was on the ground, um, Dennis came up, I believe he was with the tourniquet and he was throwing it on, talking to me. And of course, in that training environment, making sure it wasn't going to hurt me either. So yeah, it was nice. Fantastic. You know, you, you know, one of the things I love about this as well, and obviously, you know, Todd coming up and helping out is great. Having real people, real actors yeah. really adds that extra mm-hmm. level. And it, it's a cheap and easy fix, right? To, to get that 100%. into your scenario basis. Yeah. Like, you know, a, a living person, when it comes to the, the, the dummies that we have to drug around, those obviously were in situations that it, you, you don't do the same things. Yeah. It's just the reality of training. You don't, you don't treat it the same way. Is a, as you would a person. Yeah, I literally saw the next dummy get drug out, like, neck, neck's all twisted, yeah. arms all over. Boy, the head. <laughs> exactly. yeah, I'm, like, I'm like, oh, it's not very good patient care. <laughs> but, but at the same time, you also, like, we have to be cognizant of, like, how do we, because if he's inside a smoky building, because yeah. one thing we made sure, we were like, I, you know, I kept checking with Todd, I'm like, you know, the garage is going to be here, you're going to be in the VIS building, you're going to be detached from the smoke, here's an RZ mask. So he wore the RZ mask, and then I said, if you, if at any point you start feeling like there's a smoke coming in the room, or you you know just mm-hmm. call actual stop to dive out, we'll just call it that. We'll call it as a victim managed to come out of the window. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, it was great. There was uh, there, you there was the mask off from, like that lady. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> start being combative. Next time. <laughs> they were they were really good. They were very uh, aware of how to protect me when they took me out the window and, yeah. and pulled me out. It was really good. Yeah. yeah. So uh, obviously, and as as we had mentioned at the beginning here, um, a lot of us we haven't we haven't trained in a while. It's been some time. So there's again, and with every training, especially with the scenario stuff, we always look for those teachable moments. So if you have a couple of things that you picked up on, um, some some things, then again, obviously as the training team, then we take back and then bring back out as 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 bigger training sessions. Well, that's how we do it. So we uh, it reminds us, like it kind of gives us a checklist of stuff. Um, you know, guys are guys are great at deploying hose. Guys are good at fighting fires. It's when it comes down to like the intricacies of like rescue and stuff. Some of the, some of the rescue, especially like um, EIS, um, one of the things I reminded them. I said, "Did you did you immediately like, go isolate the room?" No, I forgot. I'm like, it's fine. I mean, in this case, there was no smoke. Um, and I, I would hope like if it's really like there's smoke coming through, that's the first thing you do is mm-hmm. isolate the room. So you know, we just talked about that. Now, um, you know, it buys you a bunch of time to isolate that room. And then um, it's just those reminders of yeah, quick application of a tourniquet is important because uh, I put exactly two liters of uh, water into that jug and we were down to probably about half a liter left. So it was like before that tourniquet got fully applied. So, yep. um, but I think for the most part, they didn't do bad. No, yeah. no, I think, uh, you know, there's again, learning moments. Yeah. And we literally throw as much as we can at them to see how mm-hmm. they crack under pressure too. Like how the IC does, how the uh, firefighters do, how everybody does. Like we just want to throw a bunch of stuff at them. 
Yeah. I think uh, <clears throat> the the key to that as well is it, we talked about it before. I think when we were on with with uh, James there on behind the shield when we were saying we get it to the point of which it shouldn't ever reach. Yeah. We push mm-hmm. the boat until it can't be pushed any further. And so when you've got that kind of level of scenario and that level of action and pace and everything that's going on, something should break. There are going to be failures yeah. because it shouldn't have gotten to that point in the first place. And it, and it should be noted, we never make, uh, we try not to make gotcha moments. Like I'm not trying to get, yeah. I'm not trying to screw the people, screw the guys. Like I'm not going to have like an axe murder. Like Todd was going to pull out a knife and start stabbing them. Like it wasn't going to be stuff, something weird like that. It was just like, you know, certain, like we just made so many, uh, they had to do so many different skill set mm-hmm. all in one fire. That's that's kind of how we stack it. We don't try to stack it. Like we're going to, oh, we're going to get this guy good. This is going to be, he's not going to know this is coming. No, we don't do that. <laughs> that's yeah, like, you that's, can't do that. That's not a good way to train. No, yeah. it's not a good way to yeah. learn either yeah. or yeah. to inspire any sort of confidence right. or anyway. Exactly. Try and make people win yeah. as much as you can, yeah. but put the pressure high. Yeah. And it gives us an idea now of certain things we had to train over the next few months. Yeah, absolutely. On your end now, because we were up there. So, so Ash. Yeah, so uh, um, where you guys were doing uh, an engine and a uh, water tender slash tanker, we were hitting a, a hydrant on the way in, uh, and we had the rescue truck accompany. So... Uh, breaking down, I, w- I would say our engine was fairly fairly well manned. Uh, our rescue truck, uh, I think, was... Our rookies were on that one. And we had a, like a black helmet was an officer. So, yeah, the way that that shook out, um, in hindsight, I would have liked to see a little more... Um, a diversity between the two trucks. Which, I mean, it could shake out that way. And could, that yeah. could happen, right? But uh, that, that second truck, um, I mean, they had some challenges right out of the gate. Um, but the good thing about it is, is they, they worked through it. And I mean, Wade, as the officer, he's uh, a fairly new member still, but he stepped up. He, he definitely, his eyes were pretty big when he got off the truck. And Bob goes to him and says, okay, uh, I want this, this, and this. He's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, that's me. oh i have to make that happen <laughs> right <laughs> so it was really good but so anyway what we had was a uh, we had a um two-story structure fire fire was set uh on the lower level we had a uh we had one patient that was uh down in the stairway of the um almost up to the second floor uh so we wanted to vis uh, which is going to be a second story uh, VIS room, um, so that was part of that. We and then we threw in a firefighter down scenario. Uh, that was kind of like where Todd was your guys's um, like live mess. patient, yeah, live, yeah. live, live patient. We use one of our own guys. So Carl, you ended up being the guy that Jay asked to drop. Um, Everything went really well. Um, I mean, for the most part, everything went really well. We had the first engine pulled up. They hit the hydrant like they are supposed to. Uh, it was Kev. Uh, he got the kit off. He um, footed the hose on the hydrant. And why we foot the hose like this happened. So as they're driving away, one of the couplers got caught on the hose bed and actually ripped out of 
his foot uh, his uh, foothold. Um, luckily, they got that sorted out. We got the water supply sorted out. But the important thing is it didn't it didn't, didn't hook on the hydrant and break the hydrant, hydrant or didn't and it damage didn't, didn't damage Kevin. So yes. That's why we foot it the way we do. Yeah. <laughs> so that went. I mean, that was a great visual moment for some of the new guys to really show them why we just trained them to do it the way that we do. Uh, so yeah, the the initial truck pulls up. Bob got all the info from from uh, Jay and myself, and he got the guys started. So we had a forcible entry door was placed there. So that was the initial thing. And then he looks and he's okay. Actually, we need to get a ladder thrown because I want to get on the VIS pretty quick. Uh, so he got that team happening once the rescue truck came. Um, <clears throat> so that's where Wade came off. He's like, all right, I guess I gotta go grab that ladder i gotta get that thrown um the guys started to have some issues with throwing the ladder um not so much throwing with setting the height of the ladder yeah because well the problem with our second floor of our burn building is that it's it's in that weird like space of does do you mean you need an extension ladder because it's just like you have to yeah. extend it like half a foot yeah <laughs> to get it to the where you want it mm-hmm. so it's always a weird angle in that extension yeah because i noticed right away when i walked up the angle was weird again i'm like yeah Stupid window. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely a. Yeah, it's a not an strange... extension ladder height, but it's not also not a roof ladder height. It's like yeah, yeah, it's like, a touch too yeah. short for a roof ladder. But if you go up one rung, you're almost there. Then you two rungs, <laughs> yeah, and it's way out. So uh, the guys were struggling with with the pitch of the of the ladder, and I ended up coming back later and saying, "Hey, like we are looking for a cert a certain degree." But at the end of the day, the rescue is more important than making sure that you're not you're not off right. by one one degree too, right? Like let's just get the ladder footed. It's still a, a viable ladder. You can still yeah. utilize it. And I think the erring on the side of shallow angle versus steeper angles is smart. Yeah. Especially when you're doing a rescue. Especially shallow angles easier to do a rescue, rescue. Right? Yeah. yeah. So Kev um ended up going up the ladder, uh, entered into the room, his VIS partner, which we uh we always really preach is like kind of your lifeline. He had never done this before. And now this is the, oh, one of the new guys? It was one of the new oh. guys. Yeah. So it was <laughs> it was uh uh Glenn. Oh. So he in like quickly got the this is what I need from you. You need to have this, 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 go. So he ended up getting up there, uh, but he wasn't uh um on the thermal camera as much as he could have been. Uh but he, he was his guy at the window. Kevin jumped jumped in. Um, Did we light a fire in that room? We smoked out the room. Oh, we smoked out yeah, the room. Yeah, okay. so there was right. no like heat. There was no yeah. fire. Because we had talked about lighting a fire in there and seeing yeah. what the reaction would be to VIS, and then the room's actually on fire. Yes, yeah, so that was the idea. When called but in we, the backup, like, we wanted like, to oh, see. No. Yeah, <laughs> we wanted to see the VIS, not a oh shit. Yeah. So yeah, that was the talk at first. We're like, ah, oh, maybe we'll do that, and then they'll have to back out. Maybe they can VIS in the bottom because yeah. we've got a couple like bedrooms that they could do it in. So yeah, we we just got like really smoky. Kev jumped in. Immediately, I isolated the room, which which was good. Um, and he said afterwards, uh, what he regretted not doing was that quick open the door, like get to the door, oh, yeah. isolate or whatever, and then reach out and check because the dummy was right the dummy the, was yeah, at the door. That's why I put it there. <laughs> yeah, it was right there. So he ended up. I mean, it took an extra couple of moments for him to isolate, come back out, report, search, report, and then start to do the search going down the stairs. Right. Um, so the moment the door opened back back up, he's like, he just 
get the first... Oh, that's soft. That's a guy. We have a patient. So um, that happened quickly. Kev got the patient to the window. Uh, Glenn, our new guy, was right at the window. Ended up doing the cradle because it was the uh, um, it was the smaller child size. Um, the scenario was there was husband and wife were out for a walk. Um, sort of that preteen, so they they can be home alone, kind of by themselves, but like not for long. And their aunt was visiting out of town. Oh yeah, so like, like a whole, oh yeah, yeah, backstory because we didn't want them to just rest, uh, go in there and rescue the child. We wanted to keep, keep searching. So they're downstairs. What was our backstory? Todd was on drugs and his oh. roommate was in the hallway. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, get I, you know, I was standing there with Bob for a bit. So I'm like, ah, he's like, what? what's the deal? I'm like, I'll give you a deal. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so the showed up and <laughs> yeah. Well, so because they're like, well, whose uh, vehicle is that? And it was mine. And I'm like, ah, it's the aunt's. She's in town visiting. I don't know. She might be gone, gone for a walk, but her truck's still here. I have no idea. So he's like, okay. So he says to the team, he says, okay, we've got uh, one preteen child still in the home uh and there might be that might still be in the house so that's when the team after the rescue pushed back in got to the see the fire um cooled it but didn't turn like didn't put the fire out and then i mean i swear i'm assuming that's from what you guys were saying and then started to do a search and that's when jay came up and tapped on you yeah pretty much we we took the we forced the bottom door mm-hmm. and then made our way inside as we normally do, and then um, you know, a couple of doors and door checks on the way through, and then uh, on the bottom level there, we the room was obviously very smoky, so we we did the quick searches as we went through the first initial two rooms, yeah. got to that second door, and then at that point it was the fire room, so we were looking to clear that room, so we did the hydraulic ventilation, so I ran back outside because mm-hmm. again short on manpower, so um, at this point obviously we had we had pulled the fan out. And we were going to use the fan initially, but obviously, as soon as you have anyone inside of the building, the fan is off the table, instantly off the mm-hmm. table. So the fan gets turned away. So again, low manpower. The other guys were all trying to work the upstairs windows and using the ladders, etc. So I went back outside, opened the the vent, being this mm-hmm. a window, and then uh, my two man team inside then did the hydraulic ventilation and cleared that room of smoke. Yeah. Um, at that point, I got back inside and had a jammer <laughs> so i dropped inside and then they had to perform the uh, the standard protocol for firefighter dying that we then go through so again the packaging securing that room making sure that everything's you know that room is safe and, and locked off from the actual fire the seat of the fire because mm-hmm. right at that point that person who goes down that person is now the priority okay. so the room gets closed back off ensuring that we've now we've got that room cleared and then it, all the rest of the guys started working on me so um yeah it was still dark it was still smoky and uh, the guys did a good job again it's i fell in a really awkward position my my air pack kind of almost came around me a little bit to my right and so trying to move me i'm a big boy i'm you know i'm like 230 so trying to move me is is a problem in itself mm. what's that in stone it's <laughs> <laughs> a good question yeah i would have had the answer it's in hands oh that's, that's a height <laughs> <laughs> you're on a horse but eight hands. um yeah it was uh <laughs> it was good because but as my pack moved 
It was really difficult to get to my buckles on the left-hand side. Yeah. And it was really difficult to move me because of where I dropped. I dropped right between the mattress and the wall. So yeah. I was pinned right in there. Now you were um, in a really bad, bad spot there. I was. Yeah, I was. was awesome. So the guys did what they could. And in the end, they, they did some, there was some bits and pieces that we will need to go back over. But ultimately, again, I had we had a black hat mm-hmm. um, who had never really gone through a lot of that process at yeah. all. And a yellow hat, which was fairly new as well. So again, mm-hmm. it's a process that hasn't been gone over as much as we need to. Again, training point. Right. But um, in the end, they just said, you know what? Whatever, man. We just got to get him out. So they made sure my stuff was tight. They grabbed hold of yeah. my pack and they just dragged me out of the building. Oh, really? That's what you Which is the right call. Yeah, sure, for a short, sure. Absolutely. A short haul. You can, you know, and it, was, yeah. mm-hmm. it was a short haul. So they made the right decisions. They, they did the right things. They got me outside. And then that was when we got into kind of the CPR and uh, the, the breathing things and, and getting that patient then to to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was it was good. And then obviously at that point we had multiple people that were still coming up from the upstairs, um, the the ladder kind of side of things to yeah. come in and help with that side. So mm-hmm. it was good. The boys did the right things. Um, How many poods do you weigh? Poods. 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 What's a pood? Yeah, it's a Russian measurement. <laughs> Where do you get this stuff from? Like kettlebells. Yeah. You know, like five pood. It's a thing. Five pood? It's a pood. <laughs> like a stack of shit. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, back to training. <laughs> they was good. Uh, it went we, really well. One thing we did look at was the, I think the CPR got a little, um, there was like a few, like, it was like multiple um, kind of, Different people with different skill levels were getting involved, and there's yeah. like stuff coming out, and we're like, okay, that's not really needed. Um, like some of the, it was, it wasn't really the hands only CPR. It was mm-hmm. it was getting a little too advanced, and we're, you know, at that point, I think we were we're gonna go over it again because it, at that point, the yeah. whole point of it is to get on the chest right away and get mm-hmm. the gear stripped off as fast as you can, and then worry about the kind of now. Then you do kind of regular CPR, but the firefighter down yeah. is a very specific thing. And again, we hadn't trained that in so long because we haven't been able to get close to each other to do CPR. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. I think something that we may want to look at adding in, and again, we, we talked about the layering, and obviously with you guys, you had the stop the bleed portion mm-hmm. of it there. I think that needs to be a good portion of what we do with any firefighter down situation as well, yeah. where they're down. Well, why are they down? Okay, obviously, mm-hmm. we know we need to get them out of the building, but now they're out of the building, we should be checking them for, did they get a laceration, yeah. which they didn't even know happened yeah. during the adrenaline spike. Mm-hmm. They got one in the leg, yeah. didn't notice, and now they're actually they're bleeding out. Yeah. And the reason they passed out is because they've lost enough blood to pass out. Yeah. So, and I think a lot of that starts with getting that gear, like stripping that person out of that gear. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Even if they're still in their pants, but mm-hmm. pulling out, doing that whole, that whole system. Yeah. yeah. Which is when they want to train more. But, yeah. Which is all, like I said, the whole point of scenarios is we mm-hmm. now it guides us for training for the next six months. Yeah, I mean, it was really good. Once once you took that step back and you realized what, uh, you know, everybody was hitting all the key key points. So the backboard came out, uh, our med kit was out, AED was out, like everything was out there waiting for us. Those guys did do the like the down and dirty grab hole. Uh, the most important thing is getting you out of the room. Getting, yeah. getting you out yeah. of the room. Uh, got a fair amount away from the building, which is good. You know, we always preach. You're never going to get anybody from the ambulance service coming right right to the door. And they just can't get there. Yeah. So we have to get them a fair amount away. So you can package, strip, get them ready, you know, get on that chest early uh, so EHS can come in. Uh, so they're they're allowed to come in 
and give us the assistance that we, we you know, we need. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point too. Like, <clears throat> it seems like in training for those types of scenarios, we always kind of get them to the door, just past the door. Then everybody can think, so, okay, task yeah. is done. Yeah. You know, I set them down and, and move yeah, on to the next, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's that's super important is the back of that muscle memory. Mm-hmm. we got to drag them out of that hot zone because yeah. that's that, that warm zone where the animals doesn't really want to be coming in. There's a lot of things in play on the fire scene. So if we take that extra moment to drag them that extra distance to yeah. a safe work zone, then we can implement that into the scenario next yeah. time. Yeah. And we always talk about it as well. Once you kind of get to that door, it, there's a lot more hands at the door ready to help. So okay. then lifting that person that extra 10 feet, 20 feet away from that that danger zone, that hot zone, yeah. Is is a lot easier at that point anyway, and That's then obviously right. you get into the other processes. Of... Exactly. I mean, the second we either find a victim or we have a firefighter down, where a mayday is called, mm-hmm. it's all hands on deck. Right, everybody's coming out reporting to IC. You know, and now we've got those extra hands at that door to yeah. work on that rescue. So it's all it's all checked on the accountability board, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's now focused on that. Yeah. 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 I think I forgot to mention in our lower building was um, at one point I heard because um, the guys were in doing a search and, and there was one of our new guys in there with a senior guy and, and I heard the senior guy yell bump up. Yay. I was like, I was like hey. <laughs> and then sure enough, they bumped perfectly. Like they bumped in and then they, because they were trying to remove the larger patient that we had. And uh, when, uh, the, when our new guy came on, I'm like, He's like, yeah, we're having trouble until another guy came in. I said, yeah, it's called bump, the bump up. And he's like, oh, that's pretty cool. He's like, yeah, I'm like, that's their command for bringing another guy in to help. And he's like, yeah, mm-hmm. we've seen that before. Because these guys haven't learned any searching yet, these, yeah. these new guys. They've just learned basically like a CBA, a little bit of live fire, um, water application, and uh, hydrants and water supply. Right. So this is really like throwing them in the deep end. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to say it's unfair to them. But yeah. I mean, it's they were realistic, yeah. right? Like they, so now we're at the point now where, um, basically as of this week, yeah. we're, we're going to say either you're good to go or you're not good to go. They're all really good guys. Um, they worked hard. I don't see any issues, but I mean, it's not up to me. It's up to the greater us. But yeah. said, they, they all, they, they've all performed really, really well. So after this point, there's no reason why they won't be on any truck. They still probably won't be on the first truck, but they're going to be getting on trucks quite regularly so they could find themselves in any of these positions that they probably haven't trained for yet so again they're going to have that partner that's going to be a much more senior firefighter um so yeah this is a really good representation of a situation that they could get in where it's way over their skill set as if they were alone but as a backup person that's right where they need to be yeah i had a conversation with uh, two of the guys um afterwards mm-hmm. actually two of the new guys and just asked them how they thought it went like how was it and both of them was like that's chaos it's like it is chaos yeah. it is nuts like when everything's going and those scenarios really start getting real and you're really starting to put that realism in there mm-hmm. and you're trying to really get that that temperature up that heat that pulse you're really pushing the guys yeah, yeah it gets it gets chaotic but it gets chaotic mm-hmm. and when you that that's where then you fall back to that training that repetition that you've done over those months and years of time for all of the skills that you've built, mm-hmm. that's where it just becomes muscle memory. And when you don't know what you're supposed to do in some of those situations, the only thing you can do is what you do know or what you think is best. And from what I had conversation-wise with the guys, they just said, you know what? I just did what I thought I could. 
I lifted here, I held here, you know, I did did what yeah. I could in the positions that I was in, and then just did what I was told. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and, and it's great learning from them. They're able to take that direction on scene, which is a little bit out of their comfort zone, but it's a safe training environment. And then also they're going to benefit from the debriefing when they all discuss yes. it because mm-hmm. they're just soaking it in like a sponge, right? So absolutely, they're 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 learning from what they saw. They're learning from the debriefing with the, for the teaching points, and then as you layer it into the next training. It's already going to be on the back of their head of, yeah. oh, you know what? I did that and it didn't really work that well last time. So now I've learned from that and you're moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point too. The, the debriefings are phenomenal. So afterwards, it's that key points of, okay, everybody cried around. Now let's talk through what happened. Let's talk through anyone who have any issues. What happened for you? Where did you feel like it fell down? What do you feel like you could do in the next mm-hmm. round to make sure that that would work out better? And that that learning, uh, there's learning episodes there with the, with the guys, right? Like, because we're oh, asking yeah. them the question, like, mm-hmm. what do you think? You know, how did you feel it went? Um, and then what did you see? You know, because then everyone gets used to paying attention to not just what they're doing, but what everyone mm-hmm. else is doing as well. Because again, we always talk about that skill set of filling the gap. Wherever there's a hole, you fill the gap, right? Like, that's, that's your job. And especially when you're short on manpower, you might be doing three jobs on that fire scene until that yeah. second truck arrives or whatever turns mm-hmm. up. You've, you've got some shit to do, and you have to get it done. There is no if, and, or but. So knowing what those jobs are is great. But again, when you're a black guy and you don't know. You don't even know what you don't know yet, absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Just do what you can. So, but that speaks to that that stress inoculation too, right? In that training mm-hmm. environment. It's, it's perfect for those new guys to be at that slightly higher stress level in a learning environment like that and it's just, I, just, I just feel that's that's the best way to learn it's yeah. uh, that high fidelity but manageable you know you're not going to totally screw up because there's already somebody with you um yeah it's just yeah. it's a good way good way to learn you never forget your first scenario yeah. tell you that. and you know <laughs> like you said like you touched on it it's it's nothing setting up for failure it's all for success it's yeah. all that's learning right. and moving mm-hmm. forward well, and even one of them just said even the shock from around the corner, and they're like, "That's actually a car on fire, like a real car. It's not like a training car. It's like you guys lit a car on fire. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy." Yeah. <laughs> Fun we get. We're very lucky to have what we have. Oh yeah, <laughs> very lucky. I gotta say, my mom gave me crap because her house is downwind. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you guys burning the other night? I'm like, eh, car. That was so funny. She's like, ah, I closed my windows. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> do it, you guys. <laughs> Yeah, we had one of the guys up on ours that uh, said kind of a similar thing. You know, the truck pulls up, you get off, and you look at, I mean, it's a double-decker C-can, but it was puking out. It was black. Like, it was dark smoke rolling out of the top. And, I mean, it's designed to vent out the top. And it it was so black. And they're like, holy shit. <laughs> like, what are we going to do now? What like, do you have is, Hey? Hey? Hey. 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 <laughs> yeah, it was, it was just, just hay. Hey. Oh, yeah, it was really wet, and right. Was, it was really it was wet. Like really really that's right. <laughs> yeah, so it was, yeah, it was just that, that choking, <laughs> kind nice. of burning, kind of smoldering. Because I smelled the had. dummy afterwards, right? In your guys' building, when I was yeah. moving, like, <laughs> that needs a wash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mentioned, like, it was, it was hot in there, too. Yeah. It was like, that temperature was up. Yeah, it was really up. It was a really good burn. Um, and it was a really good eye-opening experience for the guys that, I mean, all they've seen fire-wise is a cold start and then a really controlled venting yeah. practice. 
I was, well, you, well, I was like, you can listen to episode one of the tone drop to find out a little bit more about how controlled that was. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, because, yeah, they've only been through a couple of controlled burns, really. They haven't seen full action. Yep, and that's about the most yeah. action they've seen since mm-hmm. any type of training. So it's good to see how they react and yeah. how they do with their adrenaline. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's one thing to have the skill sets and the knowledge and act. It's another to just go, okay, well, this is happening. Mm-hmm. It's a scenario we're in now, and I am a pair of hands on a scene, so I just I need to do what I can to, to make sure I can still hold and help. You know, it's To be able to do that is great. Didn't you say that some of the guys, when they got on the truck, when they sh- showed up to the training grounds, they thought they were just driving to the training grounds and will be delegated uh, the scenario or the, t- like the duties or then? Yeah. Yeah. But then it was like, no, it's a full scenario. And they're this like, oh, happening. geez, this is yeah. happening now. Yeah, so so even knowing, like, so we uh, set it up. We briefed uh, the ICs a little bit ahead of time. We briefed them further when they got there and still held back the, those two uh, final points. Um, so it was up to the IC to give each truck captain when they first arrived what they have because they we, we said in the base before we left you're going to have a structure fire you're going to have this you'll see what else you get and that's about it like that's all that they knew that things were going to be on on fire and that's that that's it uh so we we tried to layer that information uh so when like the trucks were arriving they they were seeing it for the first time they okay this is where i'm going this is what i'm doing um the next was yeah talking to bob and speedy all right here's a little bit more info and then we'll see you when we see you. And then once they finally got there, we gave, hey, this is what you have. We're giving you the full. This is like on our upper burn building. We've got one, two, three, three doors, a couple windows, and like some of them were non-viable. So just gave the quick safety. All right, this is a no-go. This is a no-go. We want to have access from here, here, or here. So gave all of the options. Um, just gave the rest of it. So um, yeah, as the members were rolling in, they were seeing it as if they were coming up on something that they had no idea because they had no idea. Yeah, uh, on the forcible entry there, Dennis has done a really good job fixing that door. Real tight. But uh, yeah, it was another really mm-hmm. good fun trade. I think one of the other things that we've touched on it before is the conversations in the back of the truck on the way to the fire. And I know on our truck, we definitely had that conversation. We made a, you know, who was going for the hydrant. We knew who was hitting that. We knew what was going to happen in the situation of, you know, if we get called instantly for the VES, because again, we didn't know what we were getting into. We just knew the roundabouts of, there was probably going to be some sort of entrapment here. Mm. And so we knew, okay, well, we're going to grab a line. We're going to hit the door because we know that we're going to have to gain access to the building first. You can take a quick peek at what's going on and then, Mm From there, if we get called for the VIS, then that's what we're going to hit. If not, then obviously we're going to go straight to mm-hmm. um, carrying on with the door and gain an entry and hitting that, hitting the sea of the fire. So having those conversations in the back of the back of the truck before yeah. or on your way to scene, one, it really helps you realign your thoughts. Because again, when this is a two a.m. thing and you're really you've just got out of bed, you've fired up, but again, you're still trying to kick into that gear. Having those conversations in the back of the truck on the way to the call really help you set that sort of game plan into action yeah really focus up on those tasks mm-hmm. again and jog that memory of okay this is i need to fall back to my train i need to have this this process down who's going to be taking care of what so that then you don't get into the fumbles yeah you you know you could definitely tell that you guys had a game plan 
when you got there. Um, when you don't know what you're about to get, having a game plan as you walk towards the scene, it could all change, and it will change as soon as the IC gets involved, and then that gets to the truck officer, and then gets to the manpower. Um, that's at least you're prepared walking forward. So you guys made the call. We're going to hit that hydrant. That was Kev. Great. Once you guys got there, the truck parks. We're going to get a line off. Somebody grabbed the fan because we're not sure what we're going to get. Uh, as this is all happening, as things were unfolding, then we got the writ tarp out. We got some stuff happening. People were immediately putting things in place even before we knew all of what was about to unfold. So as things changed, we still had preparations were underway. So it wasn't like they were scrambling to... To, to run and grab something fresh. It was already starting to come off. It, it wasn't an afterthought. Everything was was rolling as the scene unfolded. So that was a really good takeaway. Yeah, I mean, we could have looked at some better prioritization on scene. Like, we spent a little bit too much time on the door before we got onto the search. Uh, but we were on the door because we know we had to make entrance. Okay, yeah, now we're thinking search. Okay, we're going to split this team up. We've got the extra manpower coming. It eventually happened, and it wasn't like a long time. It's easy for us to stand back and be like, man, that's taking some some time, right? Because we know there's somebody there, right? Yeah. So it's, it's tough. Uh, I know Jay... Uh, it was one of his first scenarios on the training side. Mm. And he, he says, he's like, yeah, it's a different mindset from on this side of it when you're watching it. Because you know, well, there's there's a guy up there. Why aren't they going there yet? Right? Yeah, and you're, and you're trying to not give it away. Yeah. Get up there, man. There's a guy. Like, uh, yeah. he's going to be quiet. Yeah, he, you know, <laughs> he was awesome, man. Like, I really got to tip my hat to Jay. He, he was great to have on that. Um, but, yeah, like, watching as an instructor, it's a different side of life. But it's also great because then you can see, like, we're saying, you know, yeah, we got to do better firefighter down. we got to do better this, this, this. But also look at all the positives that came from it. There was many more positives, a really good learning experience for everybody on scene. Um, but, yeah, it was a different scenario for Jay yeah. <laughs> watching that unfold. So he was stoked. You know, one thing I was thinking we should actually write on – I think I have to get painted on the burn buildings is reseal. Reseal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and because I, I don't harp on reseal much, and I, yeah, you're kind of looking at me like, what the hell are you talking about? Well, but I think you, you know, because yeah, I was talking we about, have the yeah. conversation. Yeah. Um, so, reseal, for those that don't use it, is a rescue, exposures, confinement of the fire, uh, extinguishment, overhaul, and then VES is uh, ventilation salvage. So, those can come kind of at any time. Um, but those first uh, five are our priority. So, rescue is our priority. And then exposures are second priority. So, uh, and that's one reason why we, whenever we throw that detached garage in and we, we make a rocket fire, we always get, everyone's like, oh, <laughs> let's go put an extinguishment on. And we're like, no, a little bit out of order. Like, let's do rescue first. Yeah. Um, we, but all this stuff can also happen at once, right? It can be like a couple people doing a rescue, somebody's uh, doing uh, kind of extinguishment slash. Um, Exposure. Exposure continue. Yeah. 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 So it's like, but the priorities are going to be rescue. Yeah. I like, uh, I like the setup, how you guys have with the training division, <clears throat> how you guys going to rotate through. So it's because we always get focused on just training the firefighters for every training mm-hmm. nights and doing scenarios. But the officers and the chiefs and the deputies, yeah. they need just as much practice as anybody else. Yeah. They need to have yeah. that ability to get in there fresh and practice their skills as an IC. So that's a nice the way you guys do it, how you rotate through, Absolutely. whereas, you know, one month, maybe you're going to be kind of out of the training loop, but you're mm-hmm. going to be running the scenario as an IC now. Yeah. So it's and We were actually going to take practice. a couple of us out of the training loop, but two of our uh, training people were away this week, mm-hmm. so we were like, ah, we have to 
we have to jump into the train. Yeah. yeah. And like like Scott was saying to me bef- that night before we set things up, where when he first started out, he was the lone <laughs> guy setting just... things up, and he like the officers, you know, at the time weren't really helping out to set things up. It was just mm-hmm. and. I think Scott really likes to wait now because we oh, yeah. go down we, we there. We way better scenarios now. Yeah. It used to be, yeah. Yeah. It used to be like yeah. I'd make an okay scenario for one because I was the one running that side, and the other side would just kind of get, kind of show up and be like, oh, "Let's put some water on that fire." So the one side would be like crazy because I'd be <laughs> I'd have set it up and get it all going, and the other side would be some random person running it, and it would just it wasn't really working very well. And so the fact that we can do yeah. two good scenarios for two groups of guys. Yeah, yeah. It's great for. And it, what, it took us an hour to set that thing up. Yeah, because because the train runs already set up. Like yeah, um, maybe an hour, or two hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The longest thing was getting the door down and dragging the car over to the. Yeah, yeah. like Jay and I went and got our hiab and we loaded up the door, brought it down, got that set up. Yeah, we. We had to, we had to flip the car over that was on the roof because it was one of yeah. our extrication cars and mm-hmm. <laughs> drag it over and let it. Yeah. <laughs> It's, uh, scenarios are always fun uh, and mm-hmm. it's, it's always, there's always something to take away from it every single time, but it really helps for me. It helps me see, okay, where did I go wrong? Where did I fall down? What do I need mm-hmm. to concentrate on? Um, and it's, you know, we had a few guys that, that were kicking themselves and that's good. It's good that the guys afterwards go, oh man, you know, like I should have done that. I think we have that conversation though, after every scenario, like yep. Carl and I had a really good chat going back to the last scenario that we were involved in not in preparation but as yeah. as officers we had a really good chat after because there was a bunch of things that i was like oh man like i wish i yeah. you know what i thought about this or what i thought about that and you know you, you don't know until you i don't want to say fail but things went sideways and how do you mm-hmm. handle them things i mean and that was a strange scenario but uh and we still made the best of it but being able to talk as a group uh whether it's just like a one-on-one or if it's with the group of your peers or as a, a massive debrief you have to be able to chat it out because that's where you learn and like you really absorb the most. Absolutely. Yeah, one of the guys even there, right? Just they had a bit of an issue when we were trying to break the door, mm-hmm. and the doors. Yeah, Dennis did a good job of fixing it. She's yeah. she's the one get fixed. Absolutely. So it was like, well, you know what? Whenever you got some time, give me a shake, and we'll hit the training grounds, and we'll go break a few doors. Yeah. Yeah, it's the wonders of having it there. But then it was like, oh, great. Yeah, that's fantastic. We'll go do that. Well, I'm happy to go do that whenever. You know, it's a good good test of practice. And once you've done that in a different environment where there isn't a whole bunch of people around, you've just gone down, you hit it a little bit, you'll get used to it. Again, it's getting that process, getting that muscle memory. And that takes us back to Mike R. <sighs> when he... When he didn't have a good day and then he yeah. came down and did it a few times. Yeah, he nailed it. He, now he's like our forcible entry guru. He's <laughs> <laughs> got it in the rain. He runs with the, every time we do to go do something. I got the, I got the tools. Uh, yeah, we don't need the irons. Yeah. <laughs> to lift assist the doors. Oh. Are you sure? <laughs> it's a water rescue call. We don't yeah. need this. <laughs> or as Bob says, what do you do if you turn up to a call and the door is unlocked? Lock the door and <laughs> close it. <laughs> 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 Everybody said that to some uh, some out of town guys who were, t- were teaching. Yeah. Says, yeah, so you, you reach and you you know you try the door. If it's unlocked, you open it up. You try to lock and close it. And they're like, <laughs> and you seem like, why would we do that? I was like, because you want to break the door down. Like, oh, <laughs> our chief, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, any more for anymore? 
Okay. And then uh, let's go into the shy. It's Scott Motors. <laughs> I'm not the motor. Rob's here. Hey. Oh, hey. Rob's here. <laughs> Rob Motors. Motors. Well, they got a lot of new stuff, don't they? they do. I mean, they've got the snagger, which we have. They've got their own forcible entry Give me the commercial door. <laughs> that, uh, the show yeah. 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 I haven't got a chance yeah. to try the new, the it's new good. design. Rash is hogging it. Fun. Yeah. Ash yeah. has got it. Ash You're hogging it? It's the off-entry show? Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah. Yeah. As is, and we'll talk about that later, but there's, there's <laughs> multiple soft-entry options <laughs> in the trucks now. Um yeah, someone just wrench. got their. Uh, <laughs> we'll just steer this back. Uh, they've got their snagger tool, four century wedges. Yeah. Uh, they've got their shove knife uh, and the new hydrant wrench, which we've got a video on our YouTube. We'll talk talk more about that later. Um, they're looking at making a all in one sort of grab bag kit, so it's going to have basically all of their products in like a to go kit. So that could be in your personal vehicle it could be on an officer truck chief command vehicle uh or just on your person if you're if you have big enough pockets so yeah pretty cool oh um, oh, the hydrant wrench fit in there. i don't think that it's not it's that like erotic it's like it was heavy. <laughs> did kev did kev by chance grab was it on that truck when he hit the hydrant wrench is on two it was on two which uh, so that was the truck it was that the truck. Truck. But, but that hydrant wrench is a little tucked out of the way right now because it doesn't have a proper thing for it so it's actually um, with the um where the pipe bowl is pipe, pipe bowl and, and, and the roof hook is, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. okay he but would we, not have checked there so but we have demoed that thing extensively we yeah. have demoed yeah. the heck out of it yeah it's and the great. guys do know about it the guys everybody that's touched it enjoys yeah actually uh dennis looked at it he said oh, i'll have to make a holder for that so we actually see it yeah it. Yeah. yeah so it's going to be uh prominently displayed on the back of the unit so so that that's awesome um yeah so uh check those guys out um got a discount code for them at gtff5 we do mm-hmm. rz mask oh rob's a poster boy for them as well <laughs> <laughs> you got this one i i have faith yeah you you've got faith yeah uh yeah, they've been busy from what I hear with mask sales oh, yeah. because everybody is buying masks. Mask of Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh. They're great. All our guys have masks. Uh, we have, They've got a variety of filters. We have the F3. F3s, uh, which are probably the best for contaminant filtration and all of that. Uh, I think there's video out there of Scott and the pepper spray as well in the room. Um, I don't know what their code is. Do they have a code? <laughs> when it gets uh, back up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when it gets back up, it's going to be DTFF. You will be able to save 30%. I hear that, that the demand is starting to slow. So the shift, when that happens, we will be able to get that back. Well, I think there was a whole lot of RZ mass in the riotous crowds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they might be back up. <laughs> <laughs> no, very true. Very mm-hmm. true. So, uh, yeah, DTFF, when you want to get one of those. Uh, Legion Engineer. Yeah, Legion en- Engineered. Um, <clears throat> Joel Struthers there. They've got uh, a lot of good product. Um, you can go on their website and uh, order a bunch of the swag. A uh, portion of those proceeds will go to uh, PTSD support and awareness um, to wherever they sell the uh, majority of um, the sales at that time. So whether it's um, uh, anywhere, basically, uh, France, mm-hmm. USA, Canada, etc. Um, they'll send uh, those portion of those proceeds out to that to support that. Um, and also Appel, Canadian and French for Legion. He's the author of that. 
He's got his own podcast now. I, right? I was going to yeah. say, I hear Legion Engineer sponsors a podcast. Yeah, everyone <laughs> has it. <laughs> it's not ours, believe it or not. It's right now. It's on uh, YouTube only. He's looking at getting it on all the major uh, podcast platforms. It's called the System D uh, podcast. And a boy, ignition, ignition USA. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <is there laughs> yes, you away with it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ignition USA. Still doing um, They're perfect. Um, <laughs> The uh, creators of the CRAP, the uh, Seattle Rapid Access Tool, uh, soft entry. Um, we've got a pretty cool video of that on our YouTube as well. Um, so check that out for all of your uh, soft entry needs, as, as we always say. Um, if you like what you see there, uh, DTFF 2020 for 20% off. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, stop the bleed. Stop the bleed months over. So it's back to so bleeding. Stop bleeding. <laughs> keep, keep bleeding. Um, yeah, so we just, uh, we just, I guess that was a few weeks ago now that our yep. video came out. Um, quite lengthy, we understand. It's one hour and 45 minutes. Carl knows because he edited it all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Took him eight days. Yeah, <laughs> So I can say we did it all in one take. That's why it took me forever to put that leg bag on. For those of you that are listening, if you if you want me, if I get enough like if we get enough comments on this podcast when I post that, if we get enough comments asking for the joke Scott video for the leg bag, I will release it. <laughs> I did a little mock video just kind of time and sky <laughs> from the moment he started to the moment he actually got it on. But uh, yeah, it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, in the future, though, we're gonna have we're gonna break down some of those sessions just 100%. so they're quick ones to watch and maybe show to your training people or yep. whoever you're. You know, they're all ready to go. <laughs> they're all ready yeah. to go. They'll all be posted up probably within yeah. uh, next week, this week, this week. Yeah. Nice. Um, is it StopTheBleed.org now? Is that what it is? Change. Yeah, .org, yeah. yeah StopTheBleed.org. We don't have our little board anymore, so yeah. we're in our new studio. So hey. you got to get that thing. Um, so StopTheBleed.org if you want to look into where you can take the course or how to become an instructor. So if you're EMT, uh, I think certain levels of firefighter or a sworn peace officer, you can, and, and other um, medical background, you can become an instructor in it. And like we always say, and like we said a lot in that video, it's up to the instructor to make that course exciting and um yeah really uh informative informative and you can make it longer or shorter yeah yeah there's the basic powerpoint too but where you really get the uh the good knowledge and skill set is that hands-on practical experience like it's uh you can keep it as simple to just pack in the wound in a little kit uh in a classroom environment or you can start doing those high quality you drag it out of a burning building and uh, have you, <laughs> yeah. you guys have a couple of good props too that you've developed so. yeah. yeah exactly yeah. and you it's all just, in that video just, so. yeah, yeah simple props that we showed um, that we've made in, in the video as well check it out um, video is currently on YouTube it's on YouTube and it's on Facebook yeah. as well um, you, want more, one, you want more people towards the YouTube page is that what you're yeah, like yeah <laughs> absolutely YouTube's yeah. definitely a better place to yeah. watch it it is because... yeah it's easier to send links to I notice like if I want to send yeah. links to other people that train I'm like absolutely some people are like I don't know Facebook like well yeah first of all what's wrong with you <laughs> <laughs> secondly okay there's a link from YouTube so mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah so it is on the YouTube page um, which we will get into in a second here and with some thanks on that because obviously our our subscriptions uh, our subscribers have gone up 
greatly uh, mm. over the last little while, including right. our views. So right. we really, really appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, but before we get into that, bye, boys. Scott. <laughs> and I get too. Yeah. Um, it sounds like oh, we we kicked Nick in the butt because he, he mentioned that, that we we're bugging him about not doing another episode. So. Yeah, how's the, the comment? The month, how's the monthly podcast going? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah our boys are uh, straight out of Maine. <laughs> um, they do a podcast similar to ours, except we are weekly and they're not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think he's back to weekly. Yeah, it sounds, sounds like, like they're pretty, yeah, yeah. pretty much back. Um, yeah. yeah, weekly plus they do the. Um, I was going to say tone drop, but that's what we did. <laughs> um, Wednesday they, they box alarm. Yeah. The Wednesday box alarm. box alarm and turned it to the tone drop. Yeah. yeah, we're a little bit more new school. They're a little. Old school. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a country song. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, t- take a listen to them, Bar Boys. Mm-hmm. Right. Actually, no, the Brother Academy Radio, they're not called the Bar Boys. <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. Yeah, their uh, latest interview was actually really good. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. They had, uh, um, what do we got here? Autumn, somebody rather. Autumn, I'm almost there. Autumn Clifford. Uh, so she has her own podcast, actually. I just listened to, going back to what was happening in the news there, she had uh, her latest one says, My thoughts on Minneapolis, bad policing, and self help. She's law um, enforcement, right? She's law enforcement, yeah. Um, really good take on it. So nice. check that out. It's actually pretty good. Yeah, it was a good interview. Yeah. She's got a really good take on mm-hmm. all different sorts of things. A, a lot of stuff, yeah. yeah she talks mm-hmm. a lot about uh, helping people through kind of PTSD, um, but more the kind of positive thinking, mental attitude kind of side of things of just yeah. being, uh, being strong like again. Like preparing yourself. It. Prior and yeah. post. Yeah, right. absolutely. Setting yourself up for success, being around the right people, different mm-hmm. mindset than just trying to be a negative and just getting on with it and, yeah. and sorting shit out. So yeah, yeah. she said equality. Uh, yeah, and then there is us. So with us, obviously, we are on the Facebook, the YouTube, the Instagram, the TikTok, all the other fun stuff. Uh, we do really appreciate any comments and feedback that you can leave for us and any ratings. It definitely helps get the podcast out to the people that want to try and find us. It pushes us up those rankings and really uh, kind of showcases or allows us to showcase uh, a little bit more of what we do to people that may be trying to find something like this kind of podcast. Uh, as you know, if you have listened for this long, we are a little bit different than some of the other podcasts. We tend to just talk it's more of a round table conversation we don't really plan much honestly a lot of the time um but we do try and deliver the best we can uh to you because it's important and it, we definitely appreciate the fact that you take the time out of your day to uh, to give us a listen so thank you very much for that we also really truly appreciate the fact that all of you uh, that have gone out already and uh, subscribed to not just the uh, podcast but also to our uh, youtube pages and facebook pages Thank you again. Greatly appreciated. The viewers have gone up. The views have gone up. We're up over 7,000 now-ish mm-hmm. uh, for our views. And uh, our, our actual subscribers have gone up as well. Um, I got another email today about, uh, I think we, we hit another another uh, milestone. Awesome. So, awesome. Yeah. So thank you so much for that. Again, we don't get paid for anything we do. We do it because we love doing it. And we do it because we, uh, we find it works for us. So we try and share the message for everybody else so that everybody else can see what we do. Um, to see if they can find a portion of it that works for them, that they can adapt to what works for them. Because uh, that's what we do. We, we look at stuff, we try it, we train it. Uh, if it works, we keep it. If it doesn't, we throw it away. Or at least we try and adapt it into something that we can actually use later on. So all we're doing is just giving that back out to you. So thank you, everyone. Really appreciate it for your time. And definitely, uh, again, appreciate the, the, the support.
Any more for any more? Nope. Scott? You said nope. <laughs> We're leaving. Don't push me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get on, see? Oh, oh yeah, sorry, good night. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Tom. Uh no, I just I just want to throw it out there if there's any of our listeners that are uh, in the fire departments that are responding to some of this chaos, uh may reach out to us and they want to have a chat about it. It'd be great to hear um, their point on kind of That's what's been happening. Some mm-hmm. yeah. front, absolutely. Frontline. Yeah. yeah. Other than that, good night. Stay safe. Well, good night. Hush. Thanks, guys. Good night. Stay safe, everyone. Stay TFF.